once again, you're listening to What's Up Aboard, the podcast. For those of you who may not know, this is a podcast that focuses on love, life, relationships, and everything in between. Everyone has a story to tell. I just want to know, what's yours? With that being said, one of the weekly goals of this podcast is to help people like you learn from our guests and comprehend information from a different lens of perspective. To all the listeners out there, both old and new, salute. Now let's begin this episode. Over to you, Wardy Ward. Thanks again for listening to What's Up Award, the podcast. My name is Wardy Ward, and I'll be your cool captain on this flight today. So get in, buckle up, and get ready to go, because it might get bumpy. Remember to tap that like, subscribe, and follow button because that helps us help you help us help everyone. All right. Remember, everyone has a story to tell, and we just want to know yours. We have a special guest in the studio today that we're going to find out so many great things about. I'm looking forward to this guy. He's uh, what many may call the rare purple unicorn or a high-value man, as Mr. Kevin Samuel says. A little bit about this man. He was uh, he has not one but two degrees. He's a former track star. He may still run track because he's in shape now. A fitness instructor, a healthcare professional. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the great Brandon, not James Bond, to the show. Welcome, brother. How are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm doing wonderful, man. Thanks for that great introduction. Oh, yeah. Always good to have you here. Uh, on a side note, before we get started, I want to let everybody know that today we lost a, a legend and um, our hearts goes out to that family. Um, uh, the queen herself has died. Uh, Betty White has died over in England this time. So Betty White has died again. I don't understand what's going on, but the queen is gone. OK, Mr. Bond, back to you. In your own words, in your elevator speech, can sure. you tell, tell us who you are? Who is Brandon? Man, that that is a really hard question. I'm I'm just now figuring that out myself. I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, okay. <laughs> multifaceted, <laughs> multifaceted, multi-layered. Um, I'm a believer. I, I just I try to be everything for everyone, man. I, I don't know if you remember me from back in the day. I just I try to reach people where they are mm-hmm. and be everything to everybody. You know? I don't I don't let my degrees or uh, accomplishments in life to find who I am. I just, I'm just Brandon, man, at the end of the day. Wow, he's the man. He's still the man. Okay. Well, let's start off. Uh, I have to go back to give people a well rounded picture of who you were. Let's find out a little bit about your background. Did you grow up in a two parent household <laughs> family? Um, yes, I did grow up in a two parent household, man. Okay. And both your parents were college Kids educated as well? And, uh, did- no, so uh, my dad um, uh, graduated. He has uh, he's working on his fourth degree now. Uh, wow. He's about to have a master in divinity, or no, his doctorate in divinity. Hmm. Uh, and then my mom, um, she went to school for a little bit, uh, studied psychology, um, and got her associates in, uh, in in psych, and and has done some things with special ed- special needs children and things of that nature. So yeah, nice. Okay. So looking back at your childhood in that positive environment, do you think that you were a blessing to your parents or were you a stressing lesson for your parents? We actually just talked about this the other day. man. I I was definitely a a stressing lesson for my parents, Mm. man. I I grew up in a a military household. So 
uh, we moved around every two, three years or so, had had journeys all the way to Japan. Um, I was a habitual liar. Oh, oh, so everything you told us may not be true so far. Okay, but keep going. How did you how did you overcome yeah, that? So, <laughs> uh, I got tired of getting my butt beat. <laughs> I, I was getting whoopings every day, man. That'll do it. <laughs> I got to, and uh, finally I said, I said, maybe this lying thing ain't, ain't where it's at. Maybe yeah, I should yeah, just tell the truth. Something different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So I told the truth a couple times, still got my butt beat, but it wasn't quite as bad, you know? Okay. Progression. Baby yeah. Said, yeah. yeah. So, so having two parents in the household definitely probably saved you from probably some other nefarious things out there, I guess. So, but it also increased your whoopings, though, right? Did you get double whoopings or single whoopings for that? For the, uh, mom was good at yelling. She, okay. she, she, she would yell, and then wait till your daddy get home. That mm. that's usually what happened. And then dad would come home and and, and show me what was up. And uh, I go home with a sore butt, or I would go to school that morning, you know, with tears rolling down my face. One of the two. Wow, man! So you you used to get the beat down before school, so you started early with your work. Okay, all right. I'm mad at that. Yeah, uh, I was that kid. I was that yeah. kid. Yeah. So, uh, what type of things would you lie about, or dishonesty? What thing would you be dishonest about? Man, grades. Um, I was notorious for trying to forge a signature on something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> I, I would always blame something on my little brother and end up getting caught. Um, you know, when your parents tell you to be home by, you know, both my parents works. So be home by the time the streetlights come on. Well, military households, we all raise each other. You know what I mean? Okay. Did you get home by the streetlights came on? Yeah, I did. Next door neighbor knew I didn't get home by the streetlights. Mm. And she showed and I already told my mama. And so, yeah. I, I you know, Well, why are you lying about that? Did you piss on the tree? <laughs> no, I didn't piss on the tree, mama. Well, I, I got a picture of you pissing on the tree. There it is right there. Mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. I see. Yes. It was a school of hard knocks over here, for real. Okay, so but it but it worked out for you, right? Because it worked out. Oh, yeah, good, good. Now uh, you, I would not be the man that I am today if I didn't get my butt beat. I can attest to that too. I, I have a similar situation. So you you mentioned that you had a younger brother. How many brothers and sisters do you have, Mister Bond? Uh, biological. I have one brother. Uh, we have adopted. My parents adopted another young man. Um, and I look at him as my. Um, I'm not look at him. He is my brother. So I have two brothers, man. Okay. So what what are their ages? So my my younger my younger brother is uh he will be if I'm 37, he'll be 35 on the 14th of September. Okay. And then my youngest brother uh just turned 13 in March. Wow, you 37. You're like you about 22, 19 or something. But I tell you, they're working out is doing good for you. So good. I try, right. try, man. I try. All right, so let's let's uh, fast forward a little bit here. Let's talk about your college experience. What schools did you attend, and why did you choose those schools? Oh man, so I attended a small school out in Lebanon, Illinois, uh, McKendree University. Uh, we were at NAIA school. Um, I want I wanted I, I want to lie to you and tell you I chose the school. Uh, because I went to run track and play football, but that was not the case. Even though I did go to school to run track and play football, I chose that school because of a girl, man. What? I'm just being honest. It was Dang. a girl. 
my uh my high school sweetheart um i had graduated she she had a year to go she was a a senior in high school and yeah. i wanted to stay stay close to her so <laughs> i decided to go to mckendry university and we ended up breaking up before school year even started wow mm. yeah. so did you still see her around campus when you were there uh, she came to visit me a few times because, you know, she was still in, uh, in high school. You know, she came to visit me a few times. It's hard to, to uh, you know, you know, to to, to, to not, to, you know, you can't deny all this. Come on, man. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah hmm. she, she had a boyfriend, but I, I was in college. So, you know, it, yeah. I won that. Right. It's cool. So you were her first boyfriend or, or she was your first girlfriend? Nah, she was so first serious girlfriend. Okay, okay, I'll say that. Mm. It was my first serious girlfriend. We yeah. dated all throughout, so I started dating probably uh, junior year in high school, and we stuck stuck around all throughout my senior year. And uh, she was my boo. Okay, so she was my the, love in basketball situation. There you go. Now, first girlfriend like that normally <laughs> shapes shape everything else. You it was. So every girl you probably dated kind of was after her model, I would take it. Uh, she definitely left an impression. I'll say that. Okay. Um, yeah, if, if you would ask any uh, ex-girlfriends or anything like that, uh, she definitely left an impression. Okay. Say that. All right. I can understand. I, I dated a girl. She probably. Go ahead. I was going to say she probably had more to do with the men that I am today, too, than, more than she probably <laughs> Wow, that's good. <laughs> realizes uh, we still talk to this day, man. She cool people, so that's what's up. I, I was gonna say earlier that I had dated a light-skinned girl in high school, and then that somehow became my type. And I later found out that kind of like the first girl you date really says that everybody else is gonna be kind of like her in some way. That's what I said. I don't know, but I must agree with that because I kind of start liking light-skinned girls. I don't know. I just I'm not for those listening. I do not have a problem with dark-skinned women. I just anyway, it's all about Brandon, not me. So um, now back to college. Was was it an adjustment <laughs> for you uh, going from high school to college? I mean, isn't there a lot of freedom? Because you said you went in Illinois. Where were you living at? That's, that's uh, so I actually I actually so we were stationed at, in Illinois at the time, and, and when I signed my letter of intent for uh, McKinley University. That very next week, my dad got orders to Washington D.C., mm. and so they moved. They moved to D.C. I stayed in Illinois, and honestly, um, because all the military families knew that I was at McKendry, no, I didn't have any freedom. Not my freshman year. Uh, somebody was always coming to pick me up, do my laundry, making mm. sure I ate. You know, yeah. Um, it definitely took a village, but yeah, it was it was a great experience, and I'm. I'm less to have had that because most kids don't get that their freshman year and they kind of lose their way a little bit right so yeah. i didn't have that option to lose my way so mm -hmm. now i know as an athlete they kind of work y'all like early in the morning late at night how how was that experience being an athlete so i was a two-sport athlete in college which is rare <laughs> um mm -hmm. so i played football um, and I ran track. So my mornings were de dedicated to, to track and field. Uh, I would get up in the mornings, you know, get my lift in, do my do my sprints and things of that nature. And then I would go to football practice in the evening or the afternoon um, in the evening. It was rough, man. Um, doing that, I, 
I only played football and ran track my freshman year because I had I knew I had to make a choice at that point because I was beating myself up yeah. between two practices a day, class, great, you know, homework, all that kind of stuff. And, and so I, I landed on track, um, but it was definitely an experience, you know, trying to trying to play football in college. I I coach football now, and I, I try to tell the kids all the time, um, the eighth graders, it's 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 definitely a job once you get past high school. So it's something that you guys should probably think about. Um, and dedicate yourselves to now. If you learn how to dedicate yourselves now, it won't be a problem. Mm-hmm. What position did you play uh, on track? I mean, on bat football? I started off as a defensive back. Um, and, and then what ended up happening, uh, one of our running backs went down. Um, and my coach looked at me. He goes, didn't you play running back in high school? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, you're our new running back. There you go. I was like, all right. So I... Uh, ended my freshman year as, as the, run, the running back for the, uh, the freshman JV squad and I dressed varsity. So that means you got hit a lot. I did. I did. And and I wasn't 220 pounds back then. I was, I was probably about 160 pounds soaking wet mm. uh, as a freshman. So you, you probably were quick I, then. I, I, just, I was just fast, man. That's all it was. But, you know, I tell people all the time with um, in college, everybody's fast, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Now, if you could do anything over again in your college experience, looking back, what do you think you would have done differently? If, at least with undergrad, if anything, school, balancing sports and anything. I don't, I don't think I don't think I would have done anything differently. I mean, I, I got a great education. Uh, I pledged to the greatest fraternity known to man. Um, Cap Alpha Psi. Mm-hmm. I I was able to uh, live out my, my dream, man. Honestly, it was it was just an experience, and I wouldn't change it for the world. Do I do I wish I maybe would have went to a bigger school? Yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been nice. Um, yeah. About how many students were down there? The the but I still feel like I traveled and saw so many different. Yeah, my high school was bigger than. My college. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dang. So you, you knew everybody on campus. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, we definitely knew everybody. And especially because there weren't many of us out on that campus. You know what I mean? So we oh, all yeah. kind of stuck together. Yeah. Now, speaking of not being a lot of us on there, you had mentioned something, uh, some of your friends. I'm going to mention the names. and you Tell me what these men meant to you. There's just some people I heard that you knew. One guy was Elder Watts Diggs. Uh, Byron K. Armstrong. The dreamer. <laughs> Did you have a favorite of any of them? Which one? I would say it, it has to be Elder Watson Diggs. Um, he started the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you ask anybody, um, typically somebody online resembles somebody, they probably would have said, I'm, I'm, I'm more of a, a Byron K. Armstrong kind of guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I was I was the pretty boy of all pretty boys. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. For those who may not know, we're talking about uh, his fraternity again, kept out side, and those are the founding fathers. Yeah, I did a little research on them and see. I saw why they started that down in Bloomington, and apparently, I guess it wasn't the safest place to be, and they wanted to do something kind of like they were doing at Howard University, if I'm correct. And they just said, "Hey, let's let's do something for us," and they and they kind of made that happen down in the the Bloomington chapter. That's the Alpha chapter, I believe. 
Yeah. Did you consider yeah. any other frats before this one, or is just you just knew instantly? I knew instantly. My mom didn't give me a cho- oh. choice, man. She didn't give me a choice. My great my grandfather was a Kappa, so I'm a legacy member. Mm-hmm. Um, and she before we went to school, she said, if you have the chance to, to do anything, boy, Kappa is where you gonna be. There you go. So uh, as soon as they had their first information, I was there. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say that fraternities actually divide people. Do you think that's true? Or they just do stuff for community only? I, I think any the, where we live at today divides people. Everything divides people if you if you allow it to. Mm-hmm. I think it gave us a sense, gave me a sense of, of, of family away from my family, uh, uh, a sense of brotherhood, dudes that I could actually count on to to help me out. Uh, did it the most, a uh, place to live, a roof over my head, food, you know, things of that nature. When I couldn't work because of, of sports and stuff, they took care of me. So yes. uh, they, I don't say a divide body, but okay. a fraternity is what you make it. You know what I mean? So in my mind it's okay. what you make alright can you tell us some of the secrets like like uh, what's the handshake <laughs> wouldn't you like to know <laughs> just playing alright let's, let's move on to another another phase of your life now uh, one of my favorite books says that children are the fruitage of the belly can you tell us how having a child especially a male child has changed or impacted your life Can you repeat that question for me one more time? Sure, sure. I said one of my favorite books describes having kids as the fruitage of the belly. Okay. I want you to tell us, you having a male child, uh, how has that affected or changed your life, being a father? Um, It's taught me patience. That, that That's the number one lesson I, I can say that it's taught me patience, man. I... um was so used to doing things and, and on my time and, and, and when I wanted to do them and how I wanted to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, for those for those of you that don't know, my son was born pre, uh, preemie. He was born four months early. Um, and, wow. and watching him uh, having him being that NICU for, for those four months and not being able to pick him up and do what I wanted to do yeah. uh, with him and things of that nature. It, it, it made me rely like I said I'm a believer it, I had to rely on God a lot more mm-hmm. you know to protect my son because I couldn't protect him on that stage yeah uh, he had heart surgery on his third third day in this earth wow um, and so it just taught me to be able to trust and, and be patient and allow you know things to work out the way that they were supposed to work out and and today man my little man's playing football mm-hmm. making teams and, do, and doing great things in the third grade so I you know I would love to say, you know, watching him grow up is is, is a blessing, man, because he didn't have to be here. Mm-hmm. He wasn't promised to be here. I'll say that. Okay. Wow. That, that's the first. Did you ever think you could love somebody as much as you love him? Uh, yeah. Not it's a not surreal not feeling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- you know, and we and we talk about. You see things on TV and stuff with things that's happening in the world today, man. And, and you know, having these types of conversations with my son and, and, and worrying about his future mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Um, 
that's my new saying i mean it's not nothing new but when it comes to that little man over my dead body you know yeah. i nothing nothing bad or evil if i could help it is ever gonna come to that little man so nice <laughs> over yeah. my dead body definitely can understand that what is your parenting style like since especially going through those uh early incidents with him are you are you a little lighter do you maybe not maybe you spare the ride a little bit there or you're softy or you would get after him if you have to <laughs> I, I get after him if i have to but he doesn't give me a reason to he's actually he's a really good kid um doesn't he's nothing like me as mm. a kid i'll say that uh he tells the truth he, he's, he's very <laughs> stupid uh he doesn't get in trouble um and it, it, it actually makes it quite hard not to spoil him yeah you know mm-hmm. that, that that's the thing so i do what i do today you know to make sure that he he has the things that he wants to have in life and that's you know, yeah. that's the way the cookie crumbles i guess you had mentioned earlier that you you worry about things what type of things are you worried about for his future um I mean, I don't want to make it political or anything like that, oh, okay, but you okay. know, yeah, yeah, you know, the, the George Floyd stuff, the, the 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 cops, you know, targeting black men, uh, the racism that's in the world today, um, him growing up and being in quote unquote uh, white schools, how he might be treated, um, those are the types of things I worry about, and and it, it's not to of anybody's fault it's just the times that we're living in i feel like it's it makes it hard to be um a black man in america right now it's hard being a black man in america and i think uh as a as a young man in the third grade he has no idea but we all have faced that at some point in time in our lives and i'm just trying to prepare him for that type of stuff yeah yeah i was going to talk to you later on about and the show about racism and your thoughts on that. I will come back to that. But uh, I definitely can understand sure. it because I had two daughters, never had a son. I, I don't know. I just, I don't know if I think I had a son, somebody would have went to the NBA to give me my money back because I keep receipts from my kids because I'm going to charge them for stuff. So I don't, I'm sure you do that too. But uh, yeah, yeah, you do worry about them yeah. in, in this climate because, man, it's just, but that's, we could do a whole other show on that. But yeah, thank you for sharing that's about about your son. Um, I'm going to move on to to work. Um, different types of jobs. First of all, when are you most productive? Are you a night owl? Are you a morning person? When do you, when do you get your best work done when it comes to your, your secular work? Uh, I would say I'm a, I'm a night owl. I always have been a night owl. Um, much to the chagrin of, of my current employers and my bosses, <laughs> you know, they, they like to get stuff done during the day. I say send it to me in an email and mm. uh you'll have it you'll have it in the morning there you, you know go. and while y'all working i'm sleeping so, <laughs> yes yeah that that's typically me yeah i'm like that too so um let's talk about some jobs you had tell me about your best and your worst job what would you say your best job and your worst job was my best job is what I'm currently doing now as a consultant. Um, the freedom that I have, I love it. I love what I do now. Okay. Um, my, my worst job? Yeah, worst job. Well, you could just, if you can go back in time, you'd re- remove that joint. Pro- 
probably the job that I had before this one. Oh. Um, yeah, I, as a, I was a practice manager um, for an organization, and uh, it, it was just it, it, the organization didn't know what they were doing. Um, <laughs> they were racist at all. Get it, it just was it was a bad situation, mm-hmm. and and God had to yank me up out of that one, and, and He most certainly did. Yes. Okay. I, I thought for sure you're gonna say your experience as a PRA. I heard uh, back in the day you worked as a PRA. So this job was worse than that job where you couldn't wear a headphones. See, oh man, so the PRA gig wasn't bad in the beginning. We had great management. We we all got along with one another. (laughs) It's when our our manager decided to do other things with her life. Right. (laughs) That it started to go downhill. Of course. But, you know, you know, but I met, I met some great people at that job, man. Some 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 lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's always previous good. job. I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire. Man, no. so that other job, that previous job, had to really be a doozy yeah. then. Hmm. Okay. Oh yeah, no friends. Yeah, it was a horrible experience. Well, what could have made that last job better? The one you hated. What could they have done to make you say, okay, you know, I'm going to ride out. I'm going to retire here. What could they have done differently? Trust in me. Oh. You know, I think um, being a, and we, you might, this might be a question of yours, being a male in the healthcare related field, mm-hmm. a young black male at that, yeah. um, you know, most people look at you and say, your doctors are older than you. Your your staff are, is older than you. How can you lead that? Right. Well, let me lead, and and then you'll, see. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me let me lead it, and and, and find out. Um, but if you gonna if you gonna constantly be over my shoulder and, and checking on me every two minutes and micromanaging, it ain't gonna work out for anybody. Did you tell them that? Multiple times. Hmm. And they just still kept glossing over it, huh? multiple times that's probably why they fired me hmm. you know i read a book once i think we both read a lot and this guy he uh he ran a company but he was micromanaging his people and he would have to hire a new manager every three months so finally this one manager he just got so sick of him he walked in the office and he said hey man um i'm out here doing a job best i can best i can i got a lot of good ideas and i think they'll work he said but this is what i need from you i need you guys to trust me and let me do what I do and y'all back off. Come back in three months and see if I'm doing. If I'm doing good, then we'll continue. If I'm not, then I'll gladly walk away. They said, well, what if we don't? He said, then I'll quit now. So they said, well, we're just waiting for somebody to to man up to us like you did. We're going to go on and see if you can do this. We're going to go on vacation for three months. We'll be back. And they trusted him. So I can definitely appreciate how you saying that that was an issue because that happens more time than people know. It's like they want to straddle, tell you, you know, we hired you because you're the talent. Now go do it, but do it our way. It's not going to work. Right. And it doesn't work that way at, at the end of the day. You know, sometimes everybody's leadership style is very, very different. And I, I I would like to think that I have a, a way of reaching people. I've always had a way of reaching people. So I'm going to meet them where they're at um, and bring out the best of them. That's, I mean, that's, I do that with my eighth grade football team now. I'm meeting where they're at and try to, I'm turning them boys into men. Right. So if you would have just allowed me to work what I work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I just don't know why people have trust <laughs> issues with people. Been okay. 
You yeah. Done okay. But you know. Yeah. Just don't know why they want just. I don't know. They hired you for the job, so obviously they saw your skill set. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they knew somebody knew you when you were younger and weren't telling the truth. Who knows? All right. Uh, <laughs> let's go back. So, so Brandon, what is the secret to balancing work and life? You said you. Uh, you're a night owl, but and you did have leadership skills. How do you balance the two to make it work? Oh man, I, I take the time to appreciate everything that's in front of me. I really do. Um, you, you have you ever heard that saying? People make time for what they want to make time for. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and, and I live by that. I really do. I you know you can't give yourself away so much that you don't have some time for yourself and I, and I try to be everything for everybody but at the same time I'm learning the power of no at the same time um, and taking time out for myself but you know I have a, a eight year old that I'm watching grow up and, and so that's why I love the job that I have now um, it allows me to to be there when I need to be there you know, okay. football games and yeah. practices or, you know, he wants to play the drum. So I take him to drum lessons, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, it just allows me to do kind of stuff and be a dad, man. That's, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I didn't want to be an absentee dad. Mm -hmm. And so um, I balance it out. I look at my son and I say, have I been for him today or this week? I have. All right. We on the right track. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I guess you got to figure that out along the way. So definitely, so you, you sound like you're trying to emulate your father. With, with, or you follow his examples? Because I know we're a little bit like our parents, whether we know it or not. A little like your mom, a little like your dad. So is that how you kind of modeled yourself after his his good footsteps? Most definitely, man. He he was always my, my track coach, my football coach, my basketball coach <laughs> growing up. Mm. Um, and one lesson... You know, when I started in the workforce, my, my dad gave me the lesson I still live by today. There's only so many work hours in the day, son. There's only so many work hours in the day. So if, if you choose to work an eight hour day, what you get done in those eight hours, you get it done, man. And then you walk away from it, you come back and finish it the next day. Right. Um, if you choose to work a 10 day, you work them 10 hours, you go home and, and you be present. Be present in your current situation. Mm, so be present. Yeah. Um, that's something that he 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 told me my first day on you know going to work at Escanasti, and you know <laughs> I've been by that every, every every second of the day. Yeah. So, what was your very first job? My very first job, uh, and I'm not going to count anything while I was in high school. Fresh out of college, I worked for Enterprise Rental Car, man. Mm. I was a. Uh, that was who. I tell you what. Who goes to college for four years to go wash cars in the suit? They had you washing cars too? Washing cars in a suit and tie, man. Wow. Did they pay good? At that time, I thought so. I was making $800 every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, you that balling. Thing, I was balling. I, I told, I told my uh, girlfriend at the time, I told her mama, I said, my first check I'm taking her to the mall. I'm going to have a shopping spree. Boy, was I wrong? Was, was I wrong? Wow. <laughs> That's how, how long did you stay there? $800 every two weeks. <laughs> Nothing. How, how long did I, you stay I, there? 
I was living. <laughs> man, I was there for a year. I was there for a year. Um, and my dad called me up and he was like, you tired of doing that yet? I was like, man, I've been tired. I've been tired. He's like, why don't you come on home? And let's figure this out. There you go. Because <laughs> I was just trying to be rebellious. I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to lean in on my parents or anything like that. So I, I took a job fresh out of college, went to the mm-hmm. career fair, and they were hiring college students. Called my dad up and was like, hey, I'm working at Enterprise. He said, what? There it is. And that's oh. what happened. So so you got that degree and then you got the job. What was, the, what was your undergrad degree in? Uh, my undergrad was in psych. So I always wondered so, what, what, um, did, what did you what did you psych do with a psych man. degree? Go back to school and get another degree. Okay, all right. And what was the second degree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a second degree. Um, if you, if anybody out there want to do psych, uh, get a psych degree, you have to have aspirations of of, of completing that journey and either becoming a doctor or a social worker, mm-hmm. or a psychiatrist, something along those lines, a therapist, you know, that's just, the psych degree as an undergrad is just the, the stepping stone of that. They don't tell you that, okay. you know, you, you think you're going you gonna to graduate and, and be a child and adolescent psychologist no. right off the bat. Oh, no, you're not. You're not. Mm-hmm. So, so that's the hard way, man. I always wondered about that degree. Uh, so, Tim, what did you get your master's degree in? Uh, uh, I went back and got my master's, my MBA in a uh, healthcare administration. Okay. Um, and I mean, the story behind that, you know, the, my dad was always in healthcare. Okay. Uh, I was tired of working and I had sales, sales jobs before that, you know, enterprise was technically a sales job. Uh, I worked for Wells Fargo bank for a little while selling mortgages. Mm. Um, and I was tired of sales and he was like well why don't you just do the the, the healthcare thing man the world is always going to need healthcare true that and, uh went back yeah went back to school got that degree and uh been in been in healthcare ever since wow so that was a good thing to go back because you probably wouldn't have gotten that field without that master's right <sighs> you know ward i'm gonna be honest with you man i, I don't think i would feel but it was really difficult getting into that field uh, with a master's degree as a 26 year old um, black male, I'll just say that hmm. it, it was nobody wanted to give me an opportunity. That's how I ended up as a PRA. Uh, hmm. I walked in to the interview and he took one look at my resume and was like, You have a master's. Do you know this job only pays $13 an hour? I said, Stop. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, it was, just get it put in. <laughs> Yeah, I just need to get my foot in the door somewhere. Yeah. I said 13. 13. I didn't pay that enterprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for those listening, a PRA is a, a patient resource advocate in the hospital. We help uh, they help patients get uh, their insurance taken care of, their need, needs, and stuff like that. So that's that's what that is. Because I didn't know. Okay, again, uh, listen to What's Up Award the podcast, and we're talking to Brandon Bond. And we're going to move on to our second section of the show called Getting to Know You uh, Fire Questions, uh, Rapid Fire. So first one, well, Brandon, you've demonstrated you're definitely a well-rounded individual. We appreciate your candor there. But if you're going to write a book, what would your book be about? 
you had to, something you're, you uh, know, what would that book be about? I would write a book on the power of prayer. Mm. The power of that definitely. Uh, prayer has gotten rebound out of some sticky situations. Um, and it, it uh, without prayer, I don't think uh, I would be here. So, you know, the, the 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 time that you could spend if you're not a believer, I'm sorry. But I would I would just write a, a book on 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 an answer all your questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, good good point. Um I'll, it's always helped me land on my feet. That's all I that's all I could say. Okay. Expect that. Uh has your life uh, been different than what you imagined it to be when you were starting to, to work for us and hey I'm ready to hit the world I want to be here by such and such age are you on track where you where you thought you would be <clears throat> I mean yeah so um, first starting to work you know we all have goals that we want to reach and attain and things of that nature I've always been one um, I write my, my, my yearly goals my five year plan and my ten year plan oh you um, want to damn yeah, I'm one of them, man. And and so to date, um, I've, I've I've always hit my yearly goals. The five year plan is a work in progress. Um, the ten year plan is even more work progress. Mm. Uh, so I've tried to I've tried to, and I'm really hard on myself in that way. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, every year on my birthday, I sit down and I take a look at my my, my vision board and my goals and say, what can I check off the list. And I look at some things and I'm like, ah, I didn't quite get there. Um, and it, it, I beat myself up a little bit about it, but I can honestly say that uh, where I'm sitting at today, uh, I never thought I would be sitting where I am today. Uh, it's just been a blessing, man. And, and I've been able to elevate and continue to grow uh, every, over the last three years. It, it's, it's been a complete blessing. Well, and I appreciate you saying that too, to say where you're sitting at today, because a lot of people can't get on my podcast. So I thank you for coming. All right. So uh, tell me about three of the most influential people in your life who've made a great impact on you. I think I know one of them, but if there are three people in your life who've impacted you, who would you say those three are? Uh, my first one would be my dad. Okay. Uh, you probably already knew that one. Yep. Uh, can I- Kenneth Bond. Uh, my second one will be my mentor um, who really took a chance on me uh, early in my career. Her name is Barbara Andrews. Hmm. Um, she kind of took me underneath her wing and showed me how to manage a clinic and how to to, to be a boss. You know? hmm. <laughs> Basically. Hmm. All right. uh, so that, that would be number two. Uh, and then the third person um, I'll I'll always like to keep it uh, in the family, man. My mom, man. Okay. My my mother. Uh, uh you know, not, nothing is better than a mother's love. They say, <laughs> and I am a mama's boy. So there you go. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the, the goal always been to take care of mama, even though she don't need me to take care of her because mm-hmm. uh, she got my dad for that. Yes. But at the same time, I want to take care of him too. So that that that's where we're marching towards. Okay, that's a nice list there. Um, 
I thought you would at least add a Laverne in there. I know, I know that lady helped you out in the past too. But uh, next question here is, uh, we, sp- we spoke about <laughs> racism a little bit. Why do you think racism exists in 2022 in your, your POV? Man, that is a tough question. I would say it exists because we've never dealt with it to begin with. Mm. It's always been um, a taboo or it's always been something that we know is there, but then we have people in the world that want to say that it's not. Of so until we we look at racism face to face and and really start to peel back that onion the layers um it's always going to be here I so agree. for those of you that think that it doesn't exist uh you're wrong <laughs> let's talk about it yeah okay but who, who do you think should, uh i've heard so many thoughts on it do you think uh people of the global majority or black people should be the one to fix this problem in america or is it something we all need to come together to do? No. Or? Okay. no, I mean, I'm going to call a spade a spade. I need the whites to come come, come to the table yeah. and realize that some things that you guys do is backwards and it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I need you to know that when people say certain things, they y'all don't, don't deem it as racism because you're white, but it's racism. Yeah. I need y'all to understand that you know, a, a knee in the back of somebody's neck is wrong. Yeah. I need y'all to understand that shooting an unarmed black kid from walking down the street with a hood on is wrong. Mm-hmm. And until you guys could come to terms with that kind of stuff and stop arguing with us when these types of things happen, we'll, it'll always be a problem. Yes. I agree totally. I think one of the issues is uh, people's indifference saying, well, you know, that was so long ago. I know this happened, you got to get over it. But yet still, the constitution that was written was not written for the way it is now. And it doesn't include everybody. So why not just dismantle that whole thing and start over to be inclusive? That would be a start. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think people want to have that uncomfortable conversation. It's wild that you say it was so long ago, man, but it wasn't. It was just last yesterday <laughs> yeah there was some racist crap yesterday yeah you know what every, i'm saying every Y'all day saying slavery <laughs> you know slavery might have been 400 plus years ago but i i could argue that slavery never stopped right i can i can make an argument for that yeah it, it just changed it, it's presented differently now right you're absolutely right yeah well, we went through a few changes. There was slavery, then it went to Jim Crow, uh, then you're doing mass incarceration. And uh, I mean, when you, you think about it, the, our prisons are privatized and they have an agreement with the government that you have to keep them at 90% occupancy. <laughs> Otherwise, you got to pay money. So, like, so you wonder why certain people are harassed. It kind of makes sense. It's not going to go away. So, yeah, good point. But like I said, we, we can stay on racism all day. I don't, I don't want to. Put this note on a sour, sh- you know, note on sour note, but we'll keep it moving. Oh, uh, yeah. That could be a whole show, brother. A yeah. whole show. <laughs> I am having a show that you're welcome to join it, but we'll have that one day. Uh, let, let me switch the mood up here. Can you one hear of the, me? Yeah, I hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. All right. 
Okay, so my question here, of these four shows, of these four shows, one of them has to go. Living Single, Jamie Foxx, Martin, or Living Color? Get rid of one of them. I didn't hear your, the last show, but I'm already, I am already got my Living Color. Yeah, so Living Single got to go. Oh my God, this dude right here. All right, <laughs> let's keep it moving. <laughs> Uh, okay all right now if you can only have dinner with one of these two great men which one would it be and why martin luther king or malcolm x only one of them i would say malcolm x man oh i didn't see that one coming i asked so many people i mean i'm a i'm a yeah, I, I I respect the the time of peace that that Dr. Martin Luther King preached about. Mm-hmm. I respect that, but I would love to to sit down with Malcolm X and pick his brain about um, his thought process and and why he decided to go a different route. Hmm. So, you, what what route do you think he went? You think he was violent? I I just think he was a little bit more forceful. I hmm. wouldn't necessarily say. He was just a little bit more forceful. That's yeah. all. People say that, but I don't know what he did. He, he wasn't afraid. He didn't fight anybody. He didn't. He didn't shoot anybody. He did nothing. He just seems as this Bruce Lee type character. I, I, I don't think he was afraid to mix it up. He just wasn't afraid to mix it up. I don't think he was afraid to mix it up. You're and right. he said exactly what was mine. Exactly. Where, yeah. where Dr. King might have might have been a little bit more. Um, Passive aggressive, I would say. Absolutely, yeah. At the end of Mar- uh, Martin Luther King's life, he started to come around to Martin uh, to Malcolm's thought process. Actually, most people don't know that he started saying, "Hey, when he's doing the Poor People's March, he had got black, white. It was all poor people that was coming. They was like, hey, we got to do something different.' That's and then mysteriously he got killed after that. So, yeah. Okay. Anyway, let me keep it going. I'm gonna got a couple more questions here. Uh, what were your thoughts on the late Kevin Samuels? Yes, Did you agree with Kevin Samuels? You think what he was saying about, or was this dude just trying to tear out our melanin system? And be careful. A lot. Of, a, a, <laughs> I'm gonna be very careful. Uh, a lot of what of what Kevin Samuels said was very accurate. Mm. How he how he presented it was wrong. Mm. And I'll just leave it at that. It's all about presentation, baby. Sometimes you got to you got to put a little bow on something. Uh, uh, and 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 ladies, y'all know it too. But he, he was preaching. No, do y'all they? just didn't want to hear it coming from him. Do they and know he, that? I think some. I think a lot of them do. Uh, <laughs> they okay. just they just choose not they choose not to 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 listen because of how it was presented. Give me an example of something that he said that you think is was correct, but maybe a little too abrasive. You can generalize. You don't have to quote him word for word. I mean, just like on the- <laughs> all right, I'll give you one. Uh, the the women that would call in and say, had all these great expectations of a man. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then they got four or five kids, not mm. working. Mm. Uh, 
taking care of themselves, uh, toenails looking like, you know, what are you bringing to? So why do you think you can get a millionaire? Mm. I, I, and why is why isn't my my six figure job not enough for you? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But you but you think you could go get on? Get out of here! True. Come on yeah. now. Yeah. Oh, you, you hit you cutting deep on that one, and I agree with it too. So should should a man pay for <laughs> pay for a woman's bills? Then, Mister Bond, is that a man's responsibility? Should a man pay for for what? Woman's bills. The bill? Yeah, should a, man, should a man pay for woman's bills? You know, a lot of women are always on that. You know, pay my rent, pay my car. Me, eighteen hundred a month. If if we're married, yeah. if we're married, sure. If we're married, but if if we just dating, what? No, I, you know, I'll help out if if I can. But I need to see your help. Just like you need to see me hustle, right? And your hustle need to need to match my hustle. Mm. Now, see, I think that's a guy thought because a lot of women I interview on the show they will say that uh, men always ask, "What am I bringing to the table?" Well, I am the table, but I always say, "Well, if a man's supposed to pay the lion's share of the bills and all that, then that's really going back to biblical terms because the woman she she did a whole lot and he knew what he was getting. So if I got to pay to date you, what am I getting out of this?" So if I'm going to pay your bills, you probably need to be in my household. But, uh, you know, I think people are just taking stuff out of context. But that was a Kevin Samuel thought, not mine. I'll put, I put, I, I put it to you like this. Just like y'all women say y'all don't a man for a lot of things. We don't need y'all either. Ooh. We choose to have you around. Mm. Well, we don't like need them. Yeah, we don't need you. It's nice to have something pretty to look at. It's nice to have something soft to, to rub on and this, that, and the other. But if you can't equal me and and, and complete me at the mm. end of the day, what am I keep you around for? Mm. What? Ooh. Ooh, that's a tough one right there. Yeah, we we definitely had to get into that as that show because I'm gonna have some women on the show. We're gonna talk about that. <laughs> but let me let me move it, to my it, final. It could be, be a round table discussion. What you talking about? Yeah, we gotta use a square table for this one. But uh let me let me go to my final <laughs> question for you. Now, this question is is a little sensitive for many, but I'm gonna go there with you because I feel comfortable. It's just me and you talking, ain't nobody here, just me and you. You and I both know that Kobe will never be LeBron. We know this, right? We know that MJ was the man and he did stuff that only LeBron probably surpassed him on. My question to you is, why do you think Kobe is always passed over in the GOAT conversation? Is it because he he really wasn't that good? He didn't help his teammates? He was a ball hog? I mean, why do you think this man just could never get the due respect that he probably well, what are your thoughts on it? What would you say? The floor is yours. Kobe is the man. Sorry. Black Mamba forever. Kobe Bryant? Kobe Bean Bryant? Kobe Bryant. Okay. Now listen. Michael, we both agree that Michael Jordan is number one, right? We both agree that. Uh, it's subjective. But go ahead. For, for demonstrative purposes, I'll if say we, 
I'll say yes. Okay. He didn't make a billion now, dollars playing basketball, but go ahead. <clears throat> Take your time. Take your time, brother. We are not. Let's not have this conversation, Ward. I, I knew. I, I knew it was too. I knew we couldn't find an answer. I'm so I, 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 right now. Like not, I, I knew it was no answer to. It. I knew. I, I. I think we're on the same page. So you, we can. We can keep it moving because we know that we are not on the same page. You, Kobe, is the man. God rest his soul. The Black Mamba. God rest his soul. The well, closest thing to Michael that we've ever had. Then why don't they consider him in the GOAT conversation then? I think that's subjective. Some people do consider him in the GOAT conversation. If we Googled it, but if we say who's the best NBA player of all time, would his name come up first, second, or even third? Probably not. Okay, so my question is, why not? Probably not. He's in my top three. Okay, all right. Okay, I'll do this. I'm going to give you a whole new question to, to give you a chance to get out this one. Give me your Mount Rushmore of all sports. You got four greats on this uh, all sports. Who you got? Who you got at boxing? Boxing? Yep, one dude from boxing. Who is that going to be? Mike Tyson. Okay. And who we got at golf? Tiger Woods. Football. Jerry Rice. Okay. And final basketball. Only one. One you putting up there. Who is it going to be? Michael Jordan. Dang. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, wrap this up, Dan. I think we found out everything <laughs> we need to know here. Uh, so, Randy, can you let our <laughs> listeners know where they can find your social media footprints in case they want to see your pictures or read more about your stories or even possibly see your tattoo? Look like you got a new tattoo there. Where can they find you at? I got a few. I don't do social media, man, but if, if, if you want to listen to some more of B-Bond, you could check me out on the Unacceptable Behavior Network. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a, a host of podcast shows, uh, Smoke and Sip Podcast, The Vibe Queens, The Fellas, In the Cut, The Blur Report. You will find me there. And uh, looking forward to, to, to connecting with you all. Absolutely. Appreciate that. And is there anything that you want to clear up before we got the air to make sure our listeners were totally clear on or something you want to expound more on? Or, or did you or you get everything out succinctly? Uh, sure. Two things, actually. Go I love it. my black women and Kobe Bryant. Uh, I love my black women and Kobe Bryant is the man. Okay. All right. Well, again, we want to thank our special guest, Mr. Brandon Bond here for sharing his story, his touching story of how his son was born premature and how he's turned into such a fine young man. We, and how he went to the school, the small school and chasing the girl and how it helped him out and, and how his strong family has shaped him to be the man he is today. So we appreciate you sharing those story with us and close. I'd like to say this working hard for something that you do is called stress, but working hard for something that you believe in is called passion. Here at What's Up Award the Podcast, we believe everybody has a story to tell and we just want to know yours. Again, Mr. Bond, thank you for being here today and everybody else, you keep striving to keep doing it. Peace. <laughs>